prices were rising post-COVID as demand picked up, yet pricing, which is controlled by the government, remained static. So producers were not happy about producing more. But but look, politically, China unintentionally exacerbated the shortage. Um, with global environmental concerns, it was still trying to shutter coal mines and generation. And then with the uh, you know declining relations with Australia, it began refusing um, Aussie coal exports. Now, that meant that there was a shrinking of supply just as high prices were already decreasing, decreasing generation. So mm. it won't be immediate. There's a lag time, but policies are already being implemented to resolve the crisis. As you say, producers have been ordered to increase by 30 percent or so. Um, and we're also quietly seeing Aussie thermal coal unloaded at ports right now. So the power shortage is important, but I think it will be transitory. Okay, Brock, thank you very much indeed. Have a great week. That's Brock Silvers, Chief Investments Officer at Cayenne Capital. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Asian markets are into the red this morning. The ASX 200 down half a percent. Uh, the Nikkei 225 actually rebounded a little bit from its lows. It's flat at the moment. The Cosby in South Korea down 0.1%. But futures markets are indicating a small gain of about a third of a percent for the Hang Seng at the open. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Stay tuned to Radio 3 for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverson and Mike Rouse. The weather forecast today, fine and dry, maximum temperature around 31 degrees. And then it's going to be windy with heavy rain and squalls in the next couple of days. 27 degrees right now, 75% relative humidity. It's coming up to 8.32. Here's Barry O'Rourke with a half-hour news. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says there's no reason to believe that talks with the mainland on resuming quarantine-free travel will be delayed by the SAR's latest COVID-19 case. More from Timmy Sung. Speaking on a TV programme, Carrie Lam said that in the next few days, health officials will submit a report in response to the feedback from mainland health experts on resuming quarantine-free travel. She said she had not heard from the mainland side that the second round of discussion will be delayed after an airport worker recently tested positive for COVID-19. The chief executive, however, said authorities plan to ask people who have a high exposure risk to get tested more regularly to prevent an outbreak in a community. When asked if all Hong Kong people will be required to use a health code app to track their movement, the CE said it would be voluntary and would only apply to those who wish to travel to the mainland. She said Hong Kong and the mainland have two different systems and the public also won't accept app to be compulsory. Tens of thousands of people have attended rallies across Poland to support the country's continued membership of the European Union. It follows a ruling last week by Poland's constitutional tribunal against the primacy of EU law. The largest rally was in Warsaw. The leader of Poland's main opposition party, Donald Tusk, addressed the rally. We want an independent Poland. We want a European Poland. We want a democratic Poland. We want a law-abiding Poland and we want an honest Poland. This should be enough to show this government that the whole of Poland, the whole of Europe, that Polish patriots who are honest and who dream about a better Poland are the majority of the Polish society. Iraqis have voted in a parliamentary election that was held early in response to mass protests that erupted two years ago. The country is suffering from economic crisis, rampant corruption and sectarian violence. Iraqi leaders said the election was a chance for reform, but turnout appears to have been low. 
The head of the European Union's observer mission, Viola von Kramen, says that's a message for those in power. The relatively low turnout uh, of this election says a lot, but uh, it is not up to me now to make a final judgment and assessment on this. This is a clear, of course, a political signal, and we, one can only hope that it will be heard by the politicians and by the political elite of Iraq. FBI agents have arrested a married couple in the American state of West Virginia on suspicion of selling nuclear warship secrets to what the pair believed was a foreign power. A year-long investigation revealed that Jonathan Toby, who had access to sensitive information about nuclear warship and submarine designs, had delivered data cards to an undercover FBI agent in return for about $100,000 in cryptocurrency payments. The data cards were hidden in packets of chewing gum. There'll be more news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. After our special programme with the Chief Executive Carrie Lam on Friday, we've uh, more reaction to this year's policy address, the last of her current five-year term. Entitled Building a Bright Future Together, the blueprint envisages a massive new northern metropolis in the border area next to Shenzhen, incorporating existing towns like Shengshui and Fanling, along with uh, six development areas. It would provide more than 900,000 apartments and be home to 2.5 million people. Development of the IT industry would be a major theme. There were also plans for reorganising government bureaus and further strengthening national security. You can let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 We're now uh, joined on the line by Adam Lung, a co-convener of the Path of Democracy. And in a few minutes' time, we also hope to be joined by uh, Regina Yip, uh, lawmaker, executive councillor and chairman of the New People's Party. Uh, and after nine o'clock, we'll have, uh, should have two other guests. Um, Adam Lung, good morning to you. Morning. So the policy address, uh, a major shift in uh, development focus uh, with the northern metropolis. Uh, what did you make of it? Well, I... It's hard to be very critical of the uh, government's uh, the latest policy address because the, pro the approach is actually quite a departure from what was done in the past. In the past, it was very process-oriented, very short-term solutions, at least in the uh, sort of geospatial area. They, they look ahead for 20 or even 30 years, the northern metropolis, and the housing crisis they try to solve. And the, the northern, uh, the so-called northern metropolis actually make a lot of sense from the economic development point of view. Uh, some of your previous commentators, uh, probably on, on Thursday, didn't like innovation and technology, but uh, we should realize that uh, uh, Hong Kong not Hong Kong alone, Hong Kong together with Shenzhen is actually rated the second uh, rated the second best or se second most important uh, inno innovation and technology center only after Silicon Valley and San Francisco. And Hong Kong is very unique because uh, I think Carrie Lam mentioned there is twin cities. 
around the world, Boston, uh, Boston, New York, London, Cambridge, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, and so on. But those twin cities are actually miles apart of each other. We, we're just across the valley. But there are transportation problems between uh, Hong Kong and, uh, let's say, Tianhai. I have actually direct experience. I, I used to work in a, a startup that has an office in, in Tianhai. Mm-hmm. And traveling from where I live in the central uh, in, uh, in the island area, six two hours. Mm. You know, by train and so on, and there are vision to solve all those issues and so on. Mm. Alan, good morning. Do you morning. think this, um, in a sense, fresh thinking? In the past, most of our development has been talking about central and distance to central and transport links to central, to traditional central. So when we looked at the uh, land landau vision tomorrow, it was the tunnels that would come into Hong Kong Island and so on. So you you think this m- emphasis on the northern metropolis, this is a fresh a fresh look and strategically a, a good one? Yes, it's, it's most probably uh, quicker than than the uh, New Land Tower idea, which a lot, needs a lot of planning and, and uh, reclamation and so on. And... Uh, this is a good idea because, I mean, Hong Kong is a financial center and traditionally everything has happened in central. And some, some people don't realize that uh, values could be created out of nothing in the innovation and technology world. But Hong Kong cannot do it alone and neither could Shenzhen because Shenzhen has no research capacity. The only university Shenzhen has is Shenzhen University, and they are not known for doing research. Whereas Hong Kong is very, very good in, in R&D, but very bad in commercialization. And then the, need, the two need to work together, the two cities need to work together. And what better way than, than to build a uh, solar capacity in the north? And actually... Uh, uh, Caroline gave credit to a guy called K.K. Ling uh, in one of his press releases, uh, her, her uh, press conferences. K.K. Ling is actually a former... Uh, town, town planner, I think. Uh, town planner, director of planning. And uh, uh, Hong Kong Democratic Foundation invited him at least a couple of times to talk. He's very, very impressive. And with the new technology uh, involved in town planning, there is a, the department... Uh, actually, a department of or a unit of of the of the development bureau called Geospatial Lab, which is located in uh, in Kuantong. They can actually somewhat model, do a modeling, a three dim- three dimensional modeling of what's going to happen. They haven't done it done it yet, but it can be done. Mm. Okay, uh, we're also joined on the line now by uh, Regina Yip, lawmaker, okay. executive councillor and chairwoman of the New People's Party. Good morning to you. Good morning, good so, morning. So we're talking more about the policy address, uh, in particular yes. the, the northern uh, metropolis. Uh, yes. uh, this is going to involve uh, a great deal of uh, cooperation and uh, integration with Shenzhen, isn't it? Uh, uh, do, do you foresee any difficulties there going forward, like you know, different legal systems, different currency and so on? Uh, that's the whole idea, greater integration. Mm-hmm. Uh, on currency, I think HKMA is working on uh, digital Hong Kong currency, you know, how to uh, link up with 
mainland's digital central bank currency. I think they're working on it. So we'll put that aside for the time being. We are not talking about merging legal systems. But you know that uh, the Greater Bay Area is opening up their market for professionals to Hong Kong people. Mm. A lot mm. of the professional requirements have been lowered. And, you know, a number of Hong Kong lawyers took part in a GBA lawyer's exam about two, three weeks ago, and the passing rate was 70%. Mm, I understand they have to go through some training, but the idea is they could practice it. <coughs> oh. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Sure. Do, you want, do you want to get yeah. some water? I'm just just uh, need uh, some warm water. Okay. Don't worry, okay. I'm very safe. I'm triple oh. vaccinated. <laughs> okay, <laughs> triple vaccinated. Well, 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 yeah. Very good. Right. Very good. And yeah. but from the planning point mm. of view, but in a, in particular in terms of economic development, mm. this uh, northern metropolis uh, plan was clearly formulated to help Hong Kong broaden our economic structure. Uh, provide jobs for Hong Kong people north of the Shamjan River. As the chief executive pointed out in her policy address, the boundary is an artificial one in terms of transport links, geographical features, people movement. <coughs> we are an integral part mm. of South China. Mm. Uh, morning, Regina. What about <coughs> Im- immigration that controls? They'll s- still be there, won't they? That will be, um, um, we already have co-location in Shamdam Bay. Right. And there will be co-location in Law Wu and Lok Ma Chow. And the, um, and the policy address talks about one more new control point. I'm not sure where. Uh, on the technology zone, the Lok Ma Chow area, you know, our, right. our parts, the area is very small. But Shamdam expanded their parts to form a quite a formidable technology zone, and that will be renamed Suntin Technology City or something like that. And I'm sure in that part, there will be free movement on a daily basis. Right. You know, you can issue new paths. You know, there could always be new ideas for businessmen working in GPA, including expatriates. There could be new GPA paths. I don't think border control is a problem. Machine-readable passes... uh in, in each direction? Yes. I think a lot of new technology could be used. I know a lot of uh, uh, expatriate businessmen, investors, longing to go to the GPA have been pressing for greater facilitation. Right. Overall, your impression of the policy address? It's a pass, a fail, a, a good pass? It's, uh, it has a long-term vision for a change, you know. It doesn't just address the daily mundane requests from political parties and has kicked the uh, bad habits of uh, giving a lot of handouts to please the political parties. So I think that is a good thing. It's very good to have grand long-term vision. The northern metropolis will be transformational. It will transform the economic structure of Hong Kong. You know, our economy in the past has really grown around the harbour. So we started with trade, then manufacturing, and now business financial services, all concentrated on both sides of the harbour. Now the um, central government is injecting new impetus to our development by linking us with Shamjan, 
which you know has been a, a driving house for technological development. Right. And Shanghai, Shanghai clearly wants to work with Hong Kong to develop modern financial, legal, arbitration, whatever services. So there's a lot of room for um, uh, synergies. You know? So I think the, the a north, uh, northern metropolis vision is transformational. Right. I see, the, I see the financial secretary, Paul Chan's describing it uh, as a dumbbell. A dumbbell. You've got a heavy bit on the north, a heavy bit on the south. So uh, two, two centres to drive the economy forward. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, um, we still have uh, along the harbour, you know, our traditional Shenzhen services. Mm. But you know, we we haven't been able to get a good handle around technology for years. You remember, Mike? You know, Donald uh, got rid of technology. He used to have a commerce technology industry bureau. He replaced that with just economic development and services. And I was one of the, the people demonstrating outside Lechco to protest the removal of the reference to technology. It's not easy for Hong Kong because we never relied on technology right. except Octopus, which is somewhat outdated. That's more than 20 years old, you know. Mm. It's an old technology. So I think Beijing is helping us uh, to jumpstart our technology. Nudging us in the right direction. Pardon? Nudging us in a, in a in the right direction. Yes, I think Cyberport is in the wrong direction. It's too far away from the uh, technology powerhouse of of China. Right. The northern economic belt is uh, is the right location, but it has taken us twenty four years to identify that. To work it out. What about housing? All all the plans last time and and this time, they, they seem to be a long way away. Well, there's no immediate breakthrough in housing. Uh, although the government said it has found a lot of land, it has the long-term solution, but immediately there is no relief. The only relief, you know, because of the difficulty in providing long-term public rental housing, is to increase uh, the supply of transitional housing to help those living in subdivided cubicles, you know. Uh, and we are only doing that by default because we are unable to provide sufficient long-term public rental subsidies housing in the near run. So we are resorting to transitional housing. The, uh, the supply will be increased to 20,000, according to the chief executive. Right, but I mean, I seem to have been talking or writing about housing for 20 years. Yes, and all of us. All of us. For example, the government tossed out the idea of reviewing compulsory auction of uh, older buildings, 50-year old buildings. But the development secretary said he would do a 12-month to 18-month study. You, know? you need a study, you know. And um, so we need to work out faster solutions to alleviate the housing shortage. And even there, you've got to balance the interests of existing owners with the development gain. Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, you need to make sure that the existing owners, particularly the older people, are adequately compensated and taken care of. A lot of older people, say living on Hong Kong Island, they really don't want to move to new territories. I know some already in the 90s, you know. I think their life will break down if they move to a new neighborhood. Right. But Michael Wong said there will be a 12 to 18 month study. Because so we will see. 
where people live is they build up their links, don't they, to where they shop, yeah. where their children go to school, uh, and so on, where their social life is based. You suddenly uproot them by not very much in terms of miles, but psychologically, it's a huge jump. Uh, suddenly, living in Tin Shui Wai instead of Shaoqi Wan, whoa, they've got to do it all again, put, put their For lives together people. again. Yes. For all people, it's very tough. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, Regina, if I understand, uh, you can yes. only stay with us uh, for, I, for. Sorry, I need to while. attend a meeting that, in Lechco at nine, fine. so oh, okay. I have to okay. take, take my leave. Sure. Thank you for having uh, me. Okay. Thank thank, for thanks for me. thanks for speaking to us uh, this morning, um, Alan Lung. Um, how about that uh, that point that was being made just now? Um, got to be very careful with uh, relocating people, especially older people. Regina didn't, didn't, didn't said there's no short-term solution, but at least in the near term, like maybe five, ten years, uh, uh, the, the, the uh, land in the, in the uh, northern district, um, in the border area, can create a lot of housing. And they, I think they, they will probably ex expand it even more quickly. The, Alan, on this point, the government seemed over the years to be curiously hesitant to use land resumption and, and jump in there and say, we need this for a new town. Right. <laughs> because uh, a lot of land are owned by, uh, by property develop developers and the uh, villagers. And land resumption, uh, of course, it, it faced resistance. I think from from the land developers, they 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 will try to hold hold on to it, unless there's strong administrative uh, measures, and which is happening, I think, uh, with a lot of encouragement from Beijing. Right. Overall, your assessment of the policy address. I think it is is uh, the it's a key departure. There's. Mm major restructuring a strong push on uh, at least in the lo longer term on housing a very very strong and sensible push on uh, innovation and technology and so on but in the end there's 100 paragraph 168 there's something like continuation of one country two system so the, the uh so there's this long-term vision uh, you cannot fault that uh, that the thinking uh, is detailed thinking, particularly in the uh, in the town planning or geospatial planning area. So mm -hmm. that at least deserves maybe 65, 70 points out of 100. Well, that's pretty good. Well, any weaknesses, major weaknesses in your mind? Well, uh, the major weaknesses are the things that are not said. For example, uh, uh, Hong Kong Zero One uh, mentioned, uh, or, or at least leaked, uh, Hong Kong version of NDRC, this is the National Development and Reform Commission of China, which is which came from the uh, uh, the planning planning uh, commission. Uh, but it's responsible for for economic planning of of uh, China since I, I forgot when, but very soon after spent, uh, after founding. But uh, there's a lot of there's lot, but there is no mentioning of it in the, uh, the in the policy no uh, equivalent no equivalent uh 
whereas the Chamber of Commerce has been pushing for not Hong Kong version of NDRC because it really doesn't work because NDRC is still based on uh, central economic planning. They've been pushing for the uh, uh, Singapore version, a uh, Hong Kong version of uh, EDB, Economic Planning Board, which has been there since ever since uh, actually before founding of Singapore, when it was still a, a self-rule territory. Right, and it's been it's been guiding. Singapore's economic planning from a really, really, really low point when they almost went bankrupt to now they have achieved the 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 dream of becoming the Switzerland of Asia. Mm. And, and, and you should give credit to economic planning board, and it hasn't happened. And so, so the hardware is there, but where are the the uh, sort of the the, uh, the software, so 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 called? Right. That's right. After, after the British garrison withdrew, I something like a third of Singapore's GDP uh, yeah. evaporated. But they, yeah. they, they've given it a very strong steer and a very strong lead uh, in ways that maybe uh, Hong Kong wasn't ready for. Well, Hong Kong was way, way ahead of Singapore then in terms of our economic development. Right. And history cook said, Lee Kong, you'll come to see Hong Kong every time and see Hong Kong. Wow, it's really a vast city. Now we see, look at Singapore and, and look at their, their, their bureaucracy and, and their way of doing things, the effectiveness and efficiency of, of doing planning and economic planning and, and housing planning and all that sort of thing. And the third sort of criticism you can give them is uh, they haven't put up, put back the capacity Hong Kong had, uh, such as the central policy unit, the political advisor, or even very simple things like the this press spokesman person. The, the posts are there. You can you don't have to wait for the next government to put it back. I mean, the post has been created by previous government. They, they just oh, I, they, she she just she, she said she doesn't need it. Mm. So. Those are the things that, from a government's point of view, explaining things to the people uh, need to be put back quickly uh, without even waiting for, for the next government. What about building bridges to the, the younger generation, which obviously, I know, uh, we're still grappling with the aftermath of the violence and the rioting, but there was a lot of... Uh, resentment there there was a lot of anger there how well, apart from giving them lectures on national security of, of when they're six years old what are we doing to ease relations well the uh, in terms of uh pursuing the national security law i mean has there's been a very hard drive uh, towards uh, prosecution which the young people perceive as persecution and 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 uh, they they need to go softer on on that one. And I know that the uh, correctional services services department is still trying to to uh, to solve the issue. And uh, strangely, from a from a, from a correctional services department, and to try to uh, uh, what I, I think they, they 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 call it inspector warning or something. If they 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 admit. Uh, th th they're guilty and they can be let off lightly, mm. but mm. with a caution sort of or something. Yeah, yeah a caution yeah. or something. Mm. And and uh, 
but they need to go softer and communicate with the uh, with the uh, community and uh, academics has been writing about the failure of Hong Kong's uh, consultation system and that hasn't been solved for years and now really the government is hearing a lot of good things from internal like pickling a former from former government officials but I don't think there's hearing it hearing it from uh, from uh, the community and there's no mechanism to to make it happen yet because mm, one of the problems I mean, we've all been there before on this subject but one of the problems on extradition seem to be not listening not not allowing enough time to listen yes and and uh, that is a thing that that didn't go unnoticed by the uh, by uh, the uh, director of Hong Kong Macau Affairs Office, the, right. the five five requirement. One of them is actually uh, you have to listen to the people. I think she has to eventually, uh, chief executive. I mean, uh, has to eventually come around to that. But it, that is a thing that only she can she can she can do. But le at least I heard that. Uh, she's listening to her closer advisors, uh, yeah. the executive council, non-executive non members of ex executive council more more closely. Good. Okay. Well, thank you very much uh, for speaking to us on the program this morning, uh, Alan Lung, uh, co-convener of uh, the Path of Democracy. Um, I've got a lot of emails to read out, but uh, that will have to be uh, after we break for the news. We'll be back at three minutes past. Um, a quick look uh, at the weather. Uh, fine and dry. Top temperature will be around 31 degrees, moderate to fresh northerly winds. Uh, what's the outlook? Uh, it will be windy with heavy rain and squalls in the next couple of days. Currently it's 28 degrees, humidity 72%. Welcome back to Backchat uh, with uh, Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning uh, we're talking more about the policy address. Uh, still uh, getting uh, lots of reaction and analysis to the policy address. I've got a few emails here to read out first before we uh, resume conversation with our, our guests. Uh, this one from uh, Colin. Uh, which uh, uh, was sent on Friday. Uh, dear Jim and Backchat team, a great programme this morning. That's from Colin. That was our special programme on Friday when uh, we did an interview with uh, Chief Executive Carrie Lam on the policy address. Our guest uh, co-host that, that morning was uh, Peter Burnett, who's the chairman of the British Chamber of Commerce. And, uh, and Johnny writes, uh, I would like to echo Peter Burnett's plea to the CE to reducing the quarantine requirements for critical business travel. I am the president of the Hong Kong Venture Capital Association and our members, like those of the British Chamber, are beginning to feel the pinch from being held up from travelling to meet their uh, LPs on fundraising and to conduct due diligence into their investment deals. Uh, uh, that's from uh, uh, Johnny Chan. Um, David writes, uh, beautify Hong Kong. All I see is more construction in villages and fly tipping around the new territories, destroying my quality of life and causing more respiratory problems and a worse medical service. And um, let's see. Uh, so Mark writes... The government development is based on what population numbers? Is it 10 million, but yet uh, Hong Kong population is reducing and ageing? 
at, uh, and at best will remain the same, question mark. Uh, Tom writes, uh, dear Backchat, uh, why was reclaiming landfills in Hong Kong not enacted to provide public housing? These landfills are now closed and could have been ready for construction by 2026, another example of government officials losing the plot. From Tom. Uh, David writes, uh, Hong Kong has uh, many, this is from uh, um, an earlier occasion, I think, Hong Kong has many construction laws and regulations and many of the registered building contractors all work for construction companies. Therefore, they are not interested in renovation of old buildings, which means a shortage of builders and higher costs for renovation and ridiculous bureaucracy within the construction industry. Uh, uh, G says, uh, I'm sure Professor Burns, uh, this is when we had uh, Professor John Burns from Hong Kong University on the programme uh, last week. I'm sure Professor Burns can tell the listeners to this programme how many times and how the Bureau have been reorganised over the years since 1997, achieving nothing. This is uh, rearranging deck chairs after the Titanic has sunk and clearly not the solution to the complex issues facing us now. That's from G. There's a great quotation from Petronius mm -hmm. from, from about BC, I think, about that. Right. Sort of, no sooner had we been formed into teams than we were reorganised. Right. <laughs> so it's not a new problem, okay. it's at least 2,000 years yeah, old. Well, another reorganisation coming up by the looks of things. Uh, and this uh, from Andrew relating to uh, the storm. A small storm is between Hainan Island and Vietnam and we have a number eight signal. All businesses closed. This is a repeat of the observatory's poor handling of every storm in the last 12 to 18 months. How long do we have to endure civil servants pretending to be weather forecasters? Well, that's uh, somewhat critical of the uh, observer in the, uh, and think, the Typhoon 8. That's a little it, harsh. Friday was, what, black brainstorm for well, an hour? That, well, that's right, yeah. I mean, the weather was pretty bad over those uh, uh, two days, wasn't it? So, anyhow, and it looks like we've got another one coming, Mike, as well, uh, in the middle of this Thank week. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, OK, um, we're, we're now joined uh, on the line by Felix Chung, the Liberal Party leader and the textile and garment sector lawmaker in the Legislative Council, and also on the line, uh, Lokin Hay, chairman of the Democratic Party. Uh, good morning to you both. Good morning, Jim good, and Mark. Good, good morning. Mo good, good, mo good morning. Yeah. Uh, OK, perhaps, uh, perhaps uh, Lokin Hay first. Um, yeah. um, on the policy address, uh, you felt that uh, there wasn't enough for the grassroots people? Mm. Well, I think that is not enough because, well, actually, when you look at the policy address, uh, by its um, coverage, uh, those on the, the, se the session on continuously improving people's livelihood is one of the least mentioned sections uh, overall. And most of her policy address uh, focus on how Hong Kong is going to integrate with the mainland and especially the big, uh, the, 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 Greater Bay Area, uh, and how we are going to uh, integrate into the uh, central government's planning, and of course that is part of the things that Hong Kong needs to face. And but, but at the end, when people look at the policy address, how many things are really related to their daily lives? I think that is a question that a lot of Hong Kong people is asking, and 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 I think that is something which is not very. Uh, uh, that is not mentioned enough. Uh, for example, uh, in housing area, uh, she talks about future uh, 
development and how the northern metropolitan area will be will be giving out 2.5 million people's homes. But a lot of people are, are still waiting in line in public rental housing. Uh, and, and, and how are they going to be solved? Those problems need to be solved very quickly because the, the people, you can't ask the people to, to wait for 20 more years. So I think that is uh, the, the policy address isn't, uh, they, she didn't really address the immediate uh, uh, difficulties and pain and worries of the Hong Kong people. Uh, and that is, um, uh, and, and, and moreover, I think uh, she didn't address the sentiment of the Hong Kong people as well. Right. Uh, the people are leaving Hong Kong, uh, they're emigrating, and you're talking about uh, building a city with, well, 2.5 more million people who mm. will live in. Uh, are, are we talking about like, 11 million of population in Hong Kong? Uh, what, what is she thinking? I, I, don't, I don't know what she's thinking. She's when, just mm. talking so big. But when, when you say the sentiment, what, what do you mean there? Well, I think the sentiment is overall in Hong Kong is that there is a mistrust uh, from the people to the government and, and as well from the government to the people. Uh, and uh, the people are losing hopes and therefore why there's so many people leaving Hong Kong. Uh, and you don't address that. Uh, right. So are you going to let Hong Kong people just leave and, and try to uh, insert other people uh, to, to fill those gaps? So I think that kind of true. Right, those are valid points, Mr. Lowe, and I, I, I t take your point. I'm sure we'll be talking about that again and again um, for the rest of this year and indeed next year. But taking a step back from immediate issues, um, what about this recognition that uh, we need to be thinking about our economic future as part of the Greater Bay Area? Felix Chung, do you feel there's, there's too much talk of um, integration with Shenzhen, or is that a good thing? Is that what we should be looking forward to? Is that the, is that the way to go? Well, you know, there, there are only eight months left for this present government and for Mrs. Kerry Lam. Um, nothing much she can do within the six months, uh, eight months. So I, I think this is 
um, this policy addresses a master plan for Hong Kong for the next uh, coming 20, 30 years, mm. uh, which gives uh, uh, a very clear directions how Hong Kong should go, especially um, Hong Kong should integrate with uh, uh, the Greater Bay Area and uh, the plan that is made by the federal government on the 14, five years plan. Um, certainly, I mean, this is a very uh, long-term plan. I mean, e- even even if uh, Mrs. Carrie Lamb been elected for another five years, she has only another five years to go. So, I mean, as I said, this is a 20, 30 years plan. Um, without the support from the central government or without the support from the Shenzhen government, um, this plan cannot be worked out. Mm. So, Just, uh, good morning, yeah. Mr. Chung. Do you think it implies a much bigger uh, population for Hong Kong over that period? Well, well, no. Well, uh, it's very hard to say. That's why I um, have advice or spurred the government to do a population survey for this uh, coming uh, 20 years or 30 years. Um, As you just mentioned before that, um, there are questions about... uh, uh, what is the population in Hong Kong will be? Especially we, everybody knows that we have aging problems. Uh, in by 10 years' times, one-third of the Hong Kong people are over 60s. And our birth rate is very low. It's only um, 0.87 or something like that. Um, the birth rate is, is low. The aging problem is serious. And there is immigration, migration problem. Immigrant people moving out. Of course, this number may not be significant, but still is a problem. So where do we get sufficient of manpower and talents? Will they come from the mainland or from elsewhere in Southeast Asia? Well, we certainly have to attract people everywhere in the world, from mainland, from everywhere in the world, for especially this uh, um, innovation and technology break plans for Hong Kong, especially in the northern metropolitan um, area. But, but, I mean, even if we attract people from outside, I mean, we have to take care about the the local Hong Kong young people, especially the education structures right now cannot cope with these big uh, changes. Um, All the universities we have in Hong Kong do not have sufficient of um, tech um, program. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we only import all the talents from outside, which is important, certainly we have to do it, but I mean, we also have to take care of the, the existing um, young people that uh, have to cope with this big um, master plan that the Hong Kong government is going to have. So, so the universities are teaching the wrong subjects? It's not teaching the wrong subject. I mean, we've been teaching those are useful for Hong Kong. But this master plan, have everybody knows that, is concentrated on innovation and technology, mm-hmm. all the IT research and everything, AI, biochem, biotech, or whatever. Um, then the university have to rethink or relaunch some... Sufficient, some sufficient program that can suit 
um, this massive plan. Lokin, hey, yeah, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, of course, that is true, uh, because uh, if you're going to uh, uh, to make Hong Kong like an IT hub, uh, part of it, uh, I think that is something that Hong Kong uh, universities needs to take care of. Uh, but at the same time, I think uh, uh, I think that is also something that Hong Kong people would like to ask. Uh, is there a say for Hong Kong people? Uh, before the master plan is uh, being implemented or being uh, raised out by Carrie Lam. Uh, I, I don't know how long she's going to be the chief executive. I hope she's only last, she'll only last for eight more months. Uh, but I don't know how long she will be there. But uh, at the end, I think Hong Kong people would ask, is that a plan, is that a master plan that Hong Kong people ask for and, and mm. is that something that that is discussed by Hong Kong people and accepted by Hong Kong people, or it is just because the central government uh, gives out this plan to, to the Greater Bay Area, to Hong Kong, and Shenzhen, and Guangzhou, uh, so that uh, we have to follow that. What do you think uh, of the, that is, what do you think of the well, idea I, that we should have an equivalent of Singapore's Economic Development Bureau? Well, I think that is, that is um, I, 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 can, I can agree that IT or, or that kind of uh, development is is important in the future. Uh, I can I can I can I can agree with that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I can also uh, think of other people who might think otherwise. So uh, to me, this is something that is that is going to be uh, discussed among the Hong Kong people. But Hong Kong people doesn't have a chance to discuss about that, and it is going to be implemented. And we're going to spend uh, I don't know how much money on on that project. Uh, and that is the problem, I think, for the Hong Kong government, and especially it's, it's what I have mentioned before, uh, the mistrust is here, and if the government isn't going to uh, try to alleviate that, but just try to push forward everything they, 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 they proposed, then the trust will be much less in the, in the future. Right. You seem to be suggesting, uh, other, together with other uh, callers or emails that we've been having, there's an overhaul of the consultation system needed. Yes, I think that is important because uh, when, especially when you change the legislative council uh, formation, uh, when you change the, uh, the chief executive elections uh, formation, how how the chief executive is going to be elected, how the legislative council is going to be elected, uh, you have to compensate those things with some other more thorough consultation, especially if this mega plan is going to be implemented. You have to ask the Hong Kong people and you have to consult them. Uh, I think that is something very basic. Uh, that is that is that is something that I expect from the government uh, with uh, some kind of responsibility. Hmm. Um, another uh, element of the policy address, uh, which kind of r ran throughout, really, uh, was uh, further uh, strengthening national security. Um, the chief executive uh, uh, did uh, well, well. The the issue of the Article Twenty Three national security uh, legislation was raised as well. Uh, you know, Hong Kong being obliged to enact those laws on its own. She did say that um, there wasn't enough time. Uh, before the end of her term. Um, Felix Chung, what do you think about that? Well, to 
have that Article 23 is the constitutional duty for, for us to do. Yeah. And, uh, and we should do. So um, I think when is the right time? Any time is the right time. So as long as we uh, have this duty to be fulfilled, we have to do it. So if um, you think, um, starting from the next uh, legislation sections, um, if she is ready to propose the Article 23, I mean, we will certainly uh, do it. Whether is is within her administration or not, uh, is really depends on uh, when she is going to submit that to uh, to LegCo. The new, um, the new LegCo, of course, will start in January. Yes, it starts in January. So it could be a, an interesting six months when there's a new LegCo, but potentially uh, a new CE not until July. Yes. Well, then we have to do uh, do some calculations. Um, if, if the new LegCo starts in January, we have the Chinese New Year at the end of uh, January. That would take uh, maybe three weeks off. Then in the March, we have the national conference, and that would take another two weeks off. Well, and then the election. The then you, we have the budget. We yes. have the Easter holiday. I mean, we actually we don't have too much time in the first <laughs> half of the of, of next year. So have, it is really urgent, urgent, urgent. Then we have to see how she's how she is going to propose that. But uh, as she said, she 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 replied to the media that. Uh, uh, she might not have sufficient time for her administration uh, to finish that, and wait, uh, and might have to um, wait for the next administration to finish that. I mean, uh, that's her reply to the to the media. I don't don't know whether she have changed her timetable or her mind yet. Mr. Lowe, do you think we should wait until July before we uh, start on the Article Twenty Three? Well, I think. I think the most important thing for Article 23 is that uh, the government has to has to tell the Hong Kong people what is still missing because the national security law in Hong Kong is already very thorough and complete and, and all rounded, uh, and it basically encircles everybody, everything uh, from what I have seen. So what is missing in uh, so that the Article 23 is needed? I think those are things that Hong Kong people would like to know. Uh, so she made. She may tell us uh, a little bit more earlier uh, what is she or what is the government is planning to do uh, and, and how are they going to consult the Hong Kong people because she said there will be consultation yeah. and there will be some uh, promotion plan uh, so that the people will not be misled, something like that. So I think uh, at least uh, how the scope is going to be and how uh, the Article 23, which is a local legislation, is going to comply with or to, to supplement or to replace the uh, national security law, which is now in the Annex 3 of the basic law. Uh, I think those are some uh, principles uh, uh, that, right. that, that the government can tell us first. It's got to dovetail, hasn't it? Do we need a, a white bill this time around? Setting out all the proposals in detail. Well, I think that is uh, that is uh, that is something I hope the government will do, but uh, I am not that uh, optimistic.
country uh, because uh, nowadays the government is not responding well to the Hong Kong people's uh, concern and voices and worries. Uh, so if there is a, this, if there is a white paper, then the, the people will be more clear of how the law is going to be uh, written and how uh, how effective the human rights will be protected and not being uh, uh, Dangered by uh, having the danger of being prosecuted uh, in a way that is uh, that is that is that is not uh, reasonable. Uh, I think that is important and that is good if the government is willing to do so. But the Democrats won't be in Legco to talk about it, will they? Uh, I'm, I don't know yet. Uh, we we still didn't have a candidate yet. We will our deadline is today, and we'll see. But. However, I, I think uh, no matter what, uh, we will try our very best to speak up for the Hong Kong people and for the Hong Kong people's interests. Well, we're living in a new era, as the uh, chief executive is keen to stress. Um, uh, that applies uh, to many things, including the Legislative Council. Um, Felix Chung, do you think uh, in future, going forward, uh, the operation of the LegCo is going to be much smoother? It'll be easier to get legislation passed and so on now that uh, I mean, the, the, the opposition, if uh, you know, to call them that, uh, is no longer there? Well, it's hard to say right now because we have the election in uh, December. And whether there is opposition parties uh, from the pandemic area is really depends on uh, uh, the, the pandemic. We do not know whether they will uh, participate in the elections or not. But certainly there won't be only one voice in Legco, even though the, if there's no more pandemic. Um, even though uh, the 90, uh, maybe the 90 new legislators are from um, the um, pro-establishment pro side, I mean, there are various voices and various uh, background, um, not necessarily 100% to support the government in a hundred percent way. So we will wait and see. I mean, this is a new era, a new experience for us. We've never had this before. So let's um, see what will be happening in the next coming four years. Are you optimistic, Mr. Chung? I'm optimistic for Hong Kong. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, we've got a few minutes left. Um, I'd just like to return to the uh, development uh, issue for a few moments because we, we talked a lot in the program about the about the um, northern metropolis. But where does that leave the Lantau Tomorrow Vision, the uh, the East Lantau Metropolis? Uh, which, of course, has been a, a, a big issue for the past few years, but it seems to have been a little bit uh, uh, overtaken, certainly in terms of uh, people's attention um, in the past week uh, by the, uh, the, the the plans for the northern development. I mean, do we need do we need like two mega projects like this, um, Felix Chung? It's hard to say. As I as I mentioned earlier, as we have to see how's the population like in Hong Kong for the coming twenty and thirty years. Mm. The other thing is, we have to see who is the next chief executive. As I said, even even if it is uh, Carrie Lam, she only 
have another five years to go. But what about the chief executive after five years? Whether that particular gentleman or ladies will follow exactly this master plan, we do not know, un- unless this master plan is supported by the central government. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, um, for example, the Lensau projects, we have to, we, we're having a feasibility studies right now, and it takes at least three years to four years to finish the feasibility studies. So for the northern met- metropolitan, um, uh, mm. metropolitan uh, development, we need another feasibility studies, and that may take another five years. Should we prioritize between them and do one as quickly as we can, rather than try and but do both are, in parallel? But the lentil one, we are doing the lentil run right now. Right. So, I mean, we certainly will not stop that one. We probably will put some money and do another one for the northern uh, uh, metropolitan uh, development. So, I mean, both of them will take at least five years. So by that time, Mrs. Carrie Lamb, even though if she got re-elected for the next administrations, by the time she probably has finished. Okay. So, uh, I mean, there, yeah. there are so many unknowns. We're always, on, on, this yeah. uh, on this master plan, mm. so we, we just... Okay, we'll, 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 we'll follow developments. Uh, um, uh, Lokin Hay, we're almost out of time. Um, um, a quick uh, final thought from you? Well, I think uh, that, is, uh, that is something that Hong Kong people are asking as well. Uh, are we going to have so much population with two different mega projects, and how are we going to fund those projects? How, how much today course respectively i think those are the questions we have to ask and the government didn't really answer us uh, so I, I hope that the government can can at least give us an estimate on how are they going to fund those things and, and it's not just about talking or it's it's going to be earning money something like that this is uh this is uh, uh, uh unreasonable if they if Caroline is trying to 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 ask the hong kong people to support that project just based on her her saying that well Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us on the programme this morning. Uh, Lo Kin Hay there, Chairman of the Democratic Party, and thanks to Felix Chung, uh, Liberal Party leader and the textiles and garment sector legislator. Um, and then uh, earlier on, we heard from uh, Alan Long, the co-convener of the Path of Democracy, and also uh, before nine o'clock from Regina Yip, uh, lawmaker, member of the Executive Council and chairwoman of the New People's Party. Uh, thanks to all our listeners for writing in. Thanks very much to you, Mike. It's always fun, and I think we raised the big issue. We we need to thrash out this thing about population, yeah. and then decide yeah. between northern metropolis and and East London. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a, a big topic for another day, or um, another column. Okay, yeah, right, <laughs> indeed. Okay, a uh, quick look at the weather before uh, the news summary and morning brew. It's going to be uh, fine and dry today. That is uh, top temperature around thirty-one degrees, moderate to fresh northerly winds. Winds will strengthen at night, and there will be swells. The outlook. It'll be windy with heavy rain and squalls in the next couple of days. Currently 28 degrees, humidity 68%. As the risk of severe disease and death from COVID-19 increases with age, vaccines are highly recommended for the elderly. Common side effects are usually mild and temporary. Experts advise that those who have had flu shots before can safely receive COVID-19 vaccines. 
Even if you have a disease, you should get vaccinated as long as your condition is stable. Just staying home doesn't mean you're free from the risk of infection. Protect yourself. Get vaccinated early. The new summary with Vicky Wong. Executive Councillor Regina Ip has said the northern metropolis will transform the development of Hong Kong's economy. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says there's no reason to believe that talks with the mainland on resuming quarantine-free travel will be delayed by the SAR's latest COVID-19 case. And thousands of campaigners dressed as endangered fish, tigers or wearing toy animals on their heads have taken to the streets of, Bel- of the Belgian capital to push world leaders to take bolder action to fight climate change at a UN summit in Glasgow this month. I'll have more on these stories at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is really for adults, it's not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decide of what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. In-depth interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you and welcome to Monday here on The Morning Brew. I'm Phil Whelan. We're going to start this almost week. That could become a hot topic tomorrow as well. Of course, with Robbie McRobbie's high-level luxury rugby report. Join Hong Kong Rugby's main man at 10.10, New York correspondent Tracy Kwan at 10.40 with more comment and books live from the Big Apple. Some music for you of a different kind after 11.30. Going to meet Israeli virtuoso clarinetist Gilad Harrell, who's in town for a recital with a twist this Wednesday. Massive fingers crossed, of course, for that one. He's an amazing player, this guy, and a rare breed of musician who can play many genres of music with equal ease, credibility, style, including his own brand of crazy Israeli instrumental folk, which is actually called Klezmer. It's brilliant. Hopefully we'll hear some of that today. And currently, Ho Chi Minh City is not in lockdown until, of course, it is. Bureau Chief at Large Neil Runciman will be out on the streets today at 12.10. With all the latest, join him on Facebook Live if you can. 